welcome to this edition of the Gateway Podcast. For more information about our faith community, feel free to visit gatewaychurch.org.nz. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this message. Bless you. Thank you, Jan. Bless you, folks. Good morning. I appreciate that. And I add my welcome to you, too. Uh, this message this morning is... Uh, you know, the funny thing is, it's really not technically part of the series uh, led by the Spirit. But you know, biblically, it is absolutely part of the series led by the Spirit. This is uh, a one-off message from a well-known parable in Luke's Gospel. And I've titled it, The Parable of the Listeners. And it's a one-off, but it would fit into a, a series of other messages, so things will be back to normal with Don next week. And I hope I'm going to come at this from a slightly different and fresh angle with you. Have you worked out what parable it is yet? It's from Luke chapter 8. And we're going to look at verses 4 to 21. And I've titled it the parable of the listeners. But you might know it more clearly as the parable of the sower. This is a really well-known story, but it's not well-named. It's always referred to in different versions of the Bible as the parable of the sower. Sowing is mentioned one or two times. Listening is mentioned nine times. So I'm going to stick my neck out here and suggest that we should be looking very closely at this topic of listening and hearing. So before I go even into the text, I want to begin with a, a simple and friendly caution. Be very careful and aware of the power of suggestion. Translators try to be helpful with these little topic headings, and I do want to encourage you, if you have your Bible or a device this morning, to open up to Luke chapter 8. This parable is in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but Luke is the most detailed and the, and the most succinct, and I'm enjoying it very, very much, but it's good to read across the different uh, gospel writers. But the translators try to be helpful, and they put in these little headings, they're topic headings, and they're there to point us in the right direction. The trouble is, of course, that while they're obviously not wrong, they're not the Word of God. So when someone gives you a topic heading and says, right, you've got a title there in your Bible, so if you're looking at uh, Luke chapter 8, I'm referring this morning to through the NIV, you'll see a number of topic headings on that same page, the parable of the sower. So what it does is it takes our mind and it says, sowing. So we go into that reading, thinking we know what we're about to learn. And while these, this heading mentions sowing, and then the next one mentions lamps and lighting, and then the next topic heading you'll see mentions mothers and brothers, I want to gently and friendlily, I just made that word up, friendlily caution you not to get sucked into the power of suggestion. Because while those are not wrong, the story is all about listening and hearing. 
And light and mums and brothers play a part, but they're not the main thing. And if there's one thing I remember from Bible college, it is make sure the main thing is the main thing. And the other interesting thing in this friendly caution as we look at this parable specifically is that those paragraph breaks can also be less than helpful. And again, if you look through the NIV on this page where Luke 8 appears, you'll see that there are these spaces and sometimes there's a heading and sometimes there's no heading. It's just a space. And what does that tell you? It tells you that quite possibly the end of that story has come and another story is about to arrive. And so the next one in this parable after um, verse 8 and then verse 15, we see a lamp on a stand and then we see down there Jesus' mother and brothers and then there's more breaks and more breaks. And you could easily get the impression that the parable of the sower or the subject of hearing and listening is finished. And it's not. This lesson goes all the way to verse 21. And the last thing we want to do is stop before we get to the end. Because if we stop before we get to the end, we miss out on all the promises and the truth and the goodness and the the wholeness of the story. And of course, parables are teaching mechanisms And we don't want to miss out on what God wants to teach us. So we're going to read the parable. I'm going to read the parable. And what I want you to do, and I know this is not tribe or emerge, but I want you to to speak up. So I'm just going to read through it. And when I point to you kind of thing, I want you to say, hear or heard whatever fits the context appropriately. Just gently, you don't have to shout it out unless you really, really want to, but just, just say it with me as we read through this. And I want you to listen to yourself and listen to the text as we read through Luke chapter 8. We're reading 4 to 21, so let's just enjoy the word of God. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he had said this, he called out, He who has ears to let him. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who... And when the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, then the devil comes away and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they... It. But they have no root. 
They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who... But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who, the word, retain it and by persevering produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you... Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who God's word and put it into practice. This parable is about listening and hearing. And Jesus is laying out the elements or the ingredients, if you like, for a godly life, for a productive and fruitful life that results in good. And it's something like this. Willingness to receive God's message, to think and obey. He's also warning us about struggles in life and how many people will sadly miss out on salvation and will not live lives that overflow with good because they don't listen. And there are four key verses throughout that, which is why we had to go to the end of all the listening story, because of course it's true, the parable is only a few sentences at the beginning. But the teaching lesson and the message and the promise of the Word of God came out as Jesus explained it, following the brilliant question, what does it mean? And those four verses are verse 8, verse 15, verse 18, and verse 21. And the cool thing is, is that they're at intervals throughout the parable and the explanation, as if Jesus knows that we need to hear about hearing a whole bunch of times. And so he literally makes the main point once, twice, three times, and finishes with it. And you spoke it out too. So number one is verse eight. Jesus said, when he had said this, sorry, the text says, when he had said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Notice that he doesn't say, he who has ears, let him hear. That makes scientific, logical sense. He says, he who has ears to hear. He uses the term specifically. Now, the Bible doesn't make a big distinction in its language and in its wording between the words hearing and listening. Not technically in the language, not a whole lot. But we can discern the difference 
between hearing and listening, when in that parable in verse 10, he, he refers to Isaiah. You notice that bit? And that's good when it's broken up in the text because it shows us, okay, there's a reference back somewhere else, back to the Old Testament. And he refers to Isaiah chapter 6. Though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. And that's his point. He's recalling God's anger with Israel because they would not hear with their ears and understand with their hearts. That's why God was cross with Israel in Isaiah 6. Because they wouldn't hear, they wouldn't think, they wouldn't understand, they refused the word of God, and so they would not turn and be healed. It's tragic. Hearing is a sense of the body. It's an audio event. And it happens involuntarily. You can't truly close your ears as much as we want to sometimes. Parents in the room, whatever, it's life. Sometimes we just wish we couldn't hear stuff. But we can't because it's an involuntary sense. It's like touch or something. But listening can be described as a choice. The opportunity we have to focus our attention and willingly bring our emotions and our heart to the event. This is what it means to have ears to hear. And to those who are inclined to truly listen, Jesus literally commands, let them hear. It's a command. And if you've read Genesis 1, you'll, you'll, that might resonate back with you. Let, let something happen. When God says, let it be, he is commanding reality into a situation. And Jesus says, if you're willing, if you want understanding, if you want good, I command listening. Let them hear. I want to introduce you to a Mongolian family. Doesn't happen every week in church, does it? This is genuinely mum and dad and their son and daughter. I know it's not the best picture, but it's an amateur picture taken last year by a colleague of mine in FEBC. I know there's lots of acronyms, but Far East Broadcasting Company is FEBC. And as Jan said, that's my, my day job ministry. I love, and it's a great privilege. And we have radio stations and media outlets and apps and FM and AM and so on all around the non-English speaking world. And over the last few years, we've been open, opening, progressively opening new stations in Mongolia, FM stations. So a satellite link from the capital city, Ulaanbaatar, shoots up, and there are now nine other FM stations all around Mongolia broadcasting the, the great programming from the capital city, and it's called Wind FM. And believe it or not, FEBC's Wind FM in Mongolia is the number one station in the city. 
And don't be too hard too quickly. There's 18 FM stations in Ulaanbaatar. <laughs> there was. So that's no small, silly thing. It's popular. It's valuable. It's desired. And in 2016, we opened up an FM station in a new city called Erdenet. And this family is in Erdenet. And I'm introducing you to them because until recently, they were Buddhist and shaman. Chinese, Buddhist, and shaman. So you know, Mongolia sits on top of China up there. And they are Chinese Buddhists, so it means that they traditionally have received from their parents and their parents and grandparents and grandparents and great-grandparents before them the worldview and the religion of being Buddhist. So they worship their ancestors. They appeal to their ancestors. They light incense for their ancestors to appease so that their smell wafts into the realm of reality. And their great-grandparents are happy and send fortune. This was their belief as Chinese Buddhists. They're also shaman were, I should say, also shaman, which is much more uh, what we would, that's a much more pagan idea. It's got ideas of magic. It's more uh, centered around witchcraft, uh, appeasing the spirits, good spirits, bad spirits, using charms and so on. So these people were steeped in centuries of non-Christian belief. And we opened a radio station in their town and they wouldn't listen. I'm going to read you a little bit of their letter because they didn't want to hear. Firstly, my wife, now this is translated um, and, and, and so grammatically I think it's really gorgeous but it's not the best English. Firstly, my wife and I in the beginning liked to listen and catch the melody so they enjoyed the Christian songs. Then we listened to some family target programs. Those programs and talking had been encouraging to us and our daily life and for communication. But we did not listen to biblical programs, no, because those Christian programs were incompatibility with our religious. So we turned radio off when Bible program was broadcast. Soon, the radio was turned on by our son. I turned the radio off, my son turned the radio on. I turned the radio off, my son keep turning the radio on. Parents again, you're the ones laughing, aren't you? Because of turned radio on, our mind and heart had been affected by biblical words and man's preaching through the Bible. First, they were hearing because their son kept on turning on the radio. They listened to a little bit, but they switched off. Listened to a little bit, switched off. Then something caught their attention, and they gave it their hearts. Our family felt becoming better and better than before. You know exactly what that means, don't you? We all together accept him as our saviour. Now, every Sunday, we gather together at Salvation House. That's the church, the only church in Erdenet. Hearing is a sense of the body. Listening is a choice. Number two is verse 15. A good heart. How do we listen as opposed to hear? I think the key is in this verse. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and persevere, producing a crop. 
This phrase, a good and noble heart, or a noble and good heart, it's a known phrase. Jesus was picking up on a term. He wasn't just choosing two nice characteristics, nobility and goodness, he wasn't. He was grabbing hold of a phrase that everybody knew, and as soon as he used it, his audience were right on his wavelength. So yesterday, Andrea and I, yesterday and today, yesterday was the end of Ramadan for our Muslim neighbors and so on in Hamilton, and we went visiting with them. It's kind of like Christmas, but it's not, but it is, and it's a time to celebrate and eat sweets and enjoy um, the end of a, a religious season. And it's a bit like, if I, you know the word, the term down to earth. If I said to you, one of the things I really like about this church is it's really down to earth. One of the things I really like about, I'm going to pick on you, Jan, Jan, in a nice way, is she's really down to earth. You know what I mean, don't you? Because it's a known phrase. She's real, she's honest, she's authentic. She you know, calls a spade a spade. There's another one. But if I had said to my Arab friends, I have a really good friend, I'd like to introduce you to her, she's really down to earth, they would, in Arabic especially, if they hadn't been here very long, they would say, why is she down on earth? Why ground, not clean? Why is she there? Not good. Doesn't make sense. But Jesus uses this term, a noble and good heart, and they know exactly what he's talking about. It is to be completely honest and real and attentive to your relationships. To listen with an honest and good heart means to be completely engaged in the listening event. So honest and noble are interchangeable through the translations. To listen with your ears and to listen with your eyes, to listen with your face, to listen with your posture to listen with your whole self. It means to bring your whole self to the conversation. Being fully present for understanding with focus and ruthless honesty. That's what it means. And this is the kind of listening that God deserves. Number three is verse 18. Attention. And it could well be described as the main point of the main points. And it comes in the middle of a serious warning and a great promise. And of course, if you're looking at your Bible or your device, you can see that it's it's not even technically listed under the parable of the sower. It's under another heading. It's a part of another story. But listen to these words or read them on the screen. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, They put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be brought out, will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, one of the most powerful words in Scripture, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what they think they have will be taken from them. This deserves a whole message in itself, but what it's basically saying is, if we won't listen, we won't hear from God. But what's worse is if we won't listen, he won't talk to us. That's the warning. 
Here's the wonderful part. But if we will listen, then we will be given more than we can dream. And we'll be Jesus' light. And people will see us and see the goodness and see the light who is Jesus. That's what that little funny story is about lamps and lights. If we won't listen, we won't hear, and he'll stop talking. But if we will listen, he will overwhelm us and we'll become bright. And so this is what parables do. I mean, we've switched from seeds and agricultural examples to now lighting and illumination. That's a parable. Got to dig under the surface. And it jumps around, but that's the, that's the issue. It's both a great promise and a warning Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. ESV says, take care. Take care. I, I'm not well known for quoting the message, but I really like this, and the message nails it. We're not keeping secrets. We're telling them. We're not hiding things. We're bringing everything out into the open. So be careful that you don't become misers with what you hear. Generosity begets generosity. Stinginess impoverishes. That's a great translation. How do you take care how you hear? I think our last verse, 21, gives us the guidance. 8.21 says, and again, we're into another, another story, different heading, my mother and brothers are those, and so of course, this, is, this could be, it. we're in a place, this crowded, Jesus is teaching, someone comes along and says, your family's outside. My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Or, more succinctly, my mother and brothers are those who practice God's word. Jesus is not dishonoring his family. You know, sometimes when you read those texts that say things and they put them in comparison, and you think, oh, that's a bit hard. It's not. It's emphasis. He's not dishonoring his mother and brothers in this statement, but rather he is honoring those who obey God. And here is a great and profound lesson. The way to be as close to Jesus as a brother or sister can be is to be receptive, to listen carefully to his word and do what it says. Can you imagine that promise coming true? The way to be as close as a brother or sister to Jesus Christ is to listen and do as he says. It's another message again altogether in there, isn't it? And it's not just slavery, it's not. It's friendship, it's family. That's why it's in the context of mums and brothers and sisters. It's family, loving family, supportive family, close family, caring family, celebrating together family, coming together family. Several of the words in the New Testament translated to listen or to obey are so connected, and in fact, they are rooted in exactly the same word 
that they can be used interchangeably throughout the New Testament. And they often are. And this is where it is really good when you switch across um, translations and have a look. NIV, ESV, LMNOP, just look around, even the message. Look around, see what they say. Do what the disciples did, ask God. So here's an example, Acts 27 pulls on a ship with a bunch of people. I think they're heading to Rome and they get into a storm and it's obviously a death, uh, deathly experience. And it says, since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me. And we shouldn't have sailed for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. But it's exactly the same word and it can be translated as it is, men, you should have obeyed the one in authority. The roots of the word obey and obedience are, guess what? Listen. The root meanings of the words obey and obedience are to listen. Hebrews 5, verse 8 to 10, speaking of Jesus. Although he was a son, he learned obedience. He literally learned to pay attention from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who listen to him, or all who obey him. And he was designated by God to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Listening and obeying, listening to God and obeying God are all but the same thing. A few years ago, uh, quite a few years ago, Andrew and I lived in Wellington, and we were living in the, the manse, which was the, the house of the pastor of the Baptist church we were attending, where we'd been saved and baptized and everything in Brooklyn and Wellington. And the pastors were away, a couple were away on a sabbatical, and we were in their house. And for a couple of months, we lived there. And so, of course, being in the, in the pastor's house, we would get, and this was uh, landlines were really, really popular back then. And so we would get calls to the manse for the pastor and, the, and for the church leadership. And um, that was all very well. But then one night, I think one or two in the morning, we got a call from the fire brigade. Not good. And the fire officer, you know that sound, I hope you don't, but you know that there's a sound that's very eerie, you can hear them in the background, there's beeping and, and noises and people talking and the guy's saying, hey listen, uh, you were the Baptist church? Yeah, you better get yourself down here, the church is on fire, um, I need you to open the front door, otherwise we're going to smash it down with axes, can you come now? There's smoke billowing out from under the church. So I jump out of bed, put on some clothes, tell Andrea what's happening, I, I remember this, and I kid you not, I am running out the door, fumbling with my keys, and, and this is what, exactly what I heard from Andrea. Oh, God, what are you saying? <laughs> Seriously, that is her word for word. That's really good listening. That's the question. Of course, I married the right woman, but man, we have a great God. Have you suffered? Have you had a tough year? What did you hear as a result of the experience? 
when you paid attention, what comes to mind? Adam McHugh wrote in a book, The Listening Life, this quote. Listening and obedience are inextricably, unabashedly linked, so much so that we can say that those who don't act on what they hear have not actually listened. Wow. Apparently the word listen appears about 1,500 times in the Bible as a command. Listen, listen, listen to me, my people, listen, says Father God. But apparently the most frequent complaint as well is the people don't listen. You have neither heard nor understood. From of old your ears have not been open. We know scientifically that's impossible, so there must be more. Well do I know how treacherous you are. You were called a rebel from birth. God is looking for attentive ears, open hearts, longing souls, ears to hear, a good heart, ruthless honesty with ourselves, with God, with our friends, our partners, attention, focus, and obedience. And have the musicians back up, that would be a good time now. As we go into the week, I want to suggest a couple of, couple of things out of this. When we come to gatherings like this, when you go to your connect group, when you open up the word in the morning or the evening, whenever, in fact, the truth is when you meet with anyone for anything more than a passing high, hello, prepare your head. Let us prepare our minds and focus to pay attention. Choose to listen. Let's do exactly what the disciples did. The reason this parable is long in this text is because the disciples said, what does that mean? We can do that. Let's make that a habit. If it isn't already your habit, say to Jesus in the morning, what are you saying? And what does that mean? It's okay. He loves conversation. Resolve to obey one actionable thing you hear in the Bible. Just obey one thing. Just choose to do it. doesn't necessarily mean pack up your life and go to the other side of the world. I'm not suggesting that. Just obey one thing, anything. Just, just choose. Determine this week. I'm going to do a little bit more. I'm going to do a little bit different. Pray for your own heart to be honest with yourself and with God. Pray for your own heart. Ask others to pray for your heart if you're struggling to hear. And here's the last simple thing. Take notes. Sometimes that's really helpful. Even if you write down one thing that you hear, either in this time or during the worship. I love the worship. I hear God so much, sometimes as much in the worship as I do in the sermon, of course. That's good. That's who he is. Maybe you take 15 pages of notes, jot something on your device, whatever. Just refer back to it. God, what, what did you mean? Father, we're listening. We love your voice. We love your word. We love your presence. And we, we know you're the God who speaks. We're so grateful. And we, we want to be greater hearers and greater doers of your word. We love your presence. We love the yoke that is easy and light. And we, 
We're listening. We're listening for you. Speak. Your servants are listening. Thanks for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. Again, check out gatewaychurch.org.nz to find out what's going on within our church.